Welcome to The Inside. After arguably the most difficult year in Hollywood history, the past 10 days have begun to shed a more hopeful light on a better 2021. In China, with COVID largely contained, movie theaters are packed with customers again. And in the U.S., many of Hollywood's productions went back to work February 1st. COVID-19 numbers are improving, and economic forecasters are now seeing signs of pent-up demand as consumers hold a trillion dollars of cash, awaiting a time they can leave home to start connecting and consuming again. So we begin our series with a dialogue about the movie business with the Advanced Imaging Society's vice chairman. And if you've been to the movies, you have seen his team's work. Wim Bynes serves as CEO of Cineonic. The company provides the leading cinema solutions, technology, and services to movie theaters around the globe. Cineonic powers more than 90,000 projectors and other audiovisual technologies, illuminating more than half of the world's cinema screens. We are thrilled he's agreed to be our first guest and will also act as co-host in future episodes. He joins us from Brussels, where it's evening there. Welcome, Wim Byans. Hey, welcome, Jim. Great to be on board here. Thank you so much. Uh, we've had many months of discussing this concept of a a dialogue with innovators, and it's uh, thrilling to be off and running with it. So thank you for joining us. Great to be here. This podcast is uh, the child, actually, of this last year. Uh, we've been unable to to get together in person and have conversations. So here we are uh, uh, mounting a podcast. You're in Brussels. I'm here in Los Angeles. When you look back on what COVID's impact has been and uh, where we are in the cycle and the encouraging news is it seems as if we're on the back end of this and uh, news will be better and better as we move into the summer. But um, how do you describe what we've, what we've been through? Yeah, it's been a once of a lifetime, I would say, experience, right? Um, if I just look at myself, you know, I, I used to travel, you know, five days in the week at least. You know, the last year I've not been able to travel, right? So, so the fact of physically not being able to come across, we all jumping on Zoom calls and team calls and things like that. It's a very different way of working, right? Thinking about working with global teams, it's a different habit we had to embrace uh, with COVID. Now, looking into the movie theater, um, many of them have been closed, right? So, so some have been able to reopen. We st we're still anticipating a lot of openings of theaters. Then there's been a congestion of amount of people can go into a theater. So a very, you know, new way of running uh, the business these days. And I think that COVID really had a profound impact uh, on that. And it's not just only on the movie business, but I think also on all the companies supporting or delivering uh, or bringing solutions to the movie business. So you would say this is the greatest crisis the, the, uh, the movie business has ever faced? You know... Being myself 15 years in this business, it's hard to say uh, ever in the movie business, but I would say that what I can see, it's been an, a crisis which we did not have anticipated, or better, which we never, this type of crisis we didn't have. The fact that everybody in the world been impacted and, and had to stay home has been amazing kind of thing. And I think the fact that we're on a global world even have accelerated that, right? Whatever happens in a certain place of the world, everybody knows the next minute. And, and that even have created even more fear, I think, for people staying at home. Now, the only way to cure the COVID is, of course, to take it collectively. I think that's what we did as a, as a society. But it, but it really brings, of course, a lot of, it impacts a lot of industries like the movie business industry. 
there's a piece of research that was just published this weekend in Variety, NRG Research, which is one of the standards in the cinema research business, released a survey that said 53% of respondents feel movie theaters are very or somewhat safe, which is also the highest positive number they've seen since November. That is a point above indoor dining, six points above indoor religious activities. So that's encouraging. What do you make of that? And are you, you know, optimistic about getting people back? Do you think it's a pent-up demand that's going to ignite? Well, yeah. You know, the, the, the movie theaters being open today, allowed to be open and so on, you know, have been shown to be safe. Now, we do know that COVID is a global thing, right? So, so uh, in every industry uh, where you're bringing people together, of course, is impacted with that. But the fact that people want to get back out of the house, right, want to enjoy a good evening, that's, you know, in my opinion, something which is bring them back to the movies. Of course, we're going to have to have good titles, right? We're going to have to have strong titles, um, going to have strong marketing around it. The services want to be important. The, the, what I do believe is what it happened is the home experience also have been improved, right? So that means that people have been able to get a lot of content at home. They have been, you know, Many people have invested in some other, you know, facilities at home. So as a movie industry, we will have to step up the game. It will have to be more wowed. It will have to be a bigger experience. But then again, the big screen is always something different, right? So when you go in and there's a big screen, there's, there's very high performance audio. It is a different experience versus being at home. Well, there's an interesting point of view uh, from some of our leadership from the, the studio level saying they actually see more money and effort going into feature films because they know they've got to create an event that people are going to leave home to, to go to the theater because it's so exciting. So, yeah, I think this is not lost on people. How they do it is going to be uh, the question. Yeah, yeah. It, it's what we call the, the personalized customization, right? In, in, and you want to you bring it on scale. So what I mean by that is people want to have their experience kind of thing, what they like. That's why they go to a huge concert with a lot of people because it's, it's a unique thing. But, uh, but you want to do that on scale, right? And so, so being able to do that is really what we have as an industry, as, an, as a challenge ahead of us. Um, but I think I'm happy to embrace because I do believe the technology can do it. Uh, and, and the creators, I do believe, are able to, to create those special elements that the audience feels it is special, but at the same token, we can bring it on a scale. Part of the of the experience of the movie theater is getting excited about movies that you want to see. Are your partners, the cinema owners, and you work with all of them, are they rethinking how to deliver the consumer experience? Do you expect to walk back into movie theaters and, and notice innovations uh, after this is over? Have they taken this time to, to rethink? Yeah, I think... There's no doubt that as an as a exhibition world, uh, it's been shaken on this foundation, right? So what I mean by that is everybody's been hanging in and doing everything they can to uh, to stay in business. Uh, you know, if you think about it, it's it's almost a year now that many of them have been you know closed or at least have been running very very low uh, figures uh, compared to normal, um, and also because of course there's been very little content also and not being able to open. So I wouldn't underestimate the pain where they're in. At the same token, we have, um, you know, we, we talk on regular regular basis, right? So, so I talk with the top 30, you know, CEOs of the world uh, in the exhibition world and stay close to them, try to understand where, they, where their head is and, and what are they seeing on happening on different trends. And one of the things what we do see happening is that people want to get more premium experiences. No surprise, right? That's what I said, the more wowing. But the other thing is that the fact of 
fear to some degree about being with too many people, you know, and too close together, uh, especially in this COVID, they want to get what we call private setting, right? We call it a little bit the boutique cinema setting. And that means they want to rent out a room, right? They want to bring in 10, 20 people, friends, family, and they want to choose the content. And that's for me a trend there, which is very strong today, but I do believe to stay. The uh, uh, historian for the society, Lindy Lipton, points out that in the 1920s, about half of the movie theaters in the United States went out of business because as talkies came along, they did not install the new technology necessary to drive it. They didn't have the confidence in it. They didn't have the the capital to do it. Um, The movies have always been a pretty tech-driven industry. They've always realized, first they had to compete with television, you know, radio and television, get people out of their homes. Um, what new technologies, what things are we going to see that you think can get people out of their, out of their homes and, and back into theaters? You know, like we say, right, it, it, it's, we're selling experiences these days, right? And, and it is, uh, it's definitely an, an emotional experience. Now, everybody today is digital, right? So that means that you have, you know, digital visuals, uh, you have digital audio. So that means that everybody's already to that level as an exhibitor. That, that's the whole virtual print freeze has, has, has brought the whole industry to that. So that that's good news. Now, I think it doesn't stop there. What we see, one of the, the new things is people want to get the, the laser technology, as an example, is, is laser illumination technology that allows the, the projector technology to be able to get brighter, uh, pictures to be able to get more saturated colors, more vivid colors. Those are things which which people are looking for. They don't want to have a, a dull picture, right? They want to have a bright picture in 3D, in 2D, but it, it should be bright. And they want the sound to be what we call immersive, right? So they want it to be really give a, a, a good uh, coming from all places kind of environment. Those are things I do believe um, are critical to stay. Now, many exhibitors have the ability of doing that, right? So, so a lot of the technology can do that, but we see people making the step going from lamp to laser as an example, which allows them, like I said, right, have a better visual experience. We see people stepping up from uh, typically, you know, Dolby 5.1, moving up to, to surround. So, so we see those things happening uh, or to um, uh, immersive experiences on the sound. Those are things what we see, specific in the premium screens, but we also see that in the smaller venues, also premium screens. And I think luxury seating, we all know, right, has been very popular, especially North America and, and, and Asia has been very strong. Um, those are kind of things which are there to stay. But I think at the moment, the, the exhibitors are well equipped. The, the, the question is, we need to make sure that we need to hit all cylinders, right? It, it has, Like I said, it, the parking spot has to be great. The, the lobby has to be enjoyable. I want to get my food fast. I want to get my drinks, you know, and stuff like that. Um, and the quality has to be good. I want to get, you know, get into the room in a convenient way. All of that has to be there. And then when I sit down and the light goes out, I need to enjoy it. And the great thing when you're watching a movie in a movie theater is you get this um, whole movie time that, that you're dedicated to the movie, right? Different than often when you have a home experience that people are running around, the kids are there and all that stuff. So I, I wouldn't underestimate that part. It's a different way of enjoying it. And then don't forget it's a big screen, right? The, the, the relative place of yourself to the screen is very important. Now, you can have what we call smaller cinema screens, but I'm very close, or you can have big cinema screens, but I'm further from it, but it is relatively big. You want to you seat in the movie, 
And that is something which is hard to do at home with a television or you have to buy a big screen, right? Yeah. I'm sure you may have uh, felt this at one moment, but as I got deeper into the movie part of the entertainment field, I was struck by how involved Steven Spielberg, James Cameron, Martin Scorsese, all of, uh, Ang Lee, um, how, how powerfully involved the directors are in the technology in movie theaters. Uh, so when you're in a movie, Steven Spielberg, if it's a Spielberg movie, trust me, he has sat in a theater to make sure that it sounds, feels, and looks the way he wants that movie to look. You're really taking the director's vision and their stories, and you're responsible for delivering it to the most important decision makers in the world, the movie ticket buyers, right? No, you're 100%, right? I mean, the, the directors, we love to work with them, and they're very, why should I say, um, demanding, and they should be, right? Because they got the story, and they know how the story can be told in the best way, in their way, and that's what they want to express on the screen. But to your point, is it's their search also for new ways of bringing the stories in a better way, which strives new technology or new solutions uh, into the industry. And so I think, so that's why I think it's so important to directors that they are hungry for that, but with one thing in mind, right? That it is a, a, a more elevated experience. And if it's now high frame rates, it is with laser, it is more brightness, it is 3D, it is, you know, immersive sound, any of those dimensions is just to make it a more thrilled experience. And every director, has to bring a story and wants to bring a story and want to bring a certain surrounding around that. And that's why they love technology and, and, and we are partnering with them to make sure we can get it on a large scale to the audience. What percentage, when you think of uh, someone going to a movie theater, we all think, are you going to see the new Ang Lee movie? Are you going to see the new Scorsese movie? But at the end of the day, there are other things that pull us into a movie theater that we may not even be conscious of. Do you think what percentage of the reason to go to, into a movie theater is the movie that you're going to see? And what part of it is a part of our social fabric? It's it's something we've always done. It's it's an experience of being left alone for an hour and a half and being completely overwhelmed with uh, emotion, as you like to say. What, what, how do you look at the movie-going experience? Yeah, I think that the, the movie-going experience for me is sitting for big screen, right? So, so the big screen is a fundamental part of where people come which you can't experience anywhere else, right? It's like eating outdoor, right? You know, everybody can cook at home, everybody got a kitchen, right? But you still go outside for food uh, from time to time because, and that combination is very enjoyable, right? And so the same thing now, when, when I said, I want to get out and want to see this movie, I know it's a great movie, or I want to go to the theater tonight and with the family, that's the moment you want to go versus sitting for television. Another day, maybe you want to sit for in front of the television. It, it's being able to make that choice, but that combination, that's why I never believe in the black and white, right? It is it is this blend here. Um, but people want to see experiences more elevated, and we're going to have to give them an opportunity to do so. They want to see their content, right? Whatever that means. So, so I think there's more ways we're going to have to um, engage with the moviegoer um, they want to get information before the movie. They want to get information after the movie about the movie. They, they want to stay connected to things. Those are the kind of things I do believe are definitely changes. But being out, um, you know, dress yourself up and going out and, and, and then having, you know, uh, when you drink a beer outside, it, it tastes different than when you drink it at home, right? That's just what it is. Uh, the whole surrounding is there. So it, it's not just about the physical beer only. It's about 
being able to drink it in a theater or drink it in a pub feels different than drinking at home. And this is the same what experiencing the movie. And when you sit, um, you know, when nobody disrupts you for an hour, two hours, and you're watching that content, which really takes you in, it's a very different experience. And that's really what uh, I believe people will drag them back to the movie. To go from imagining everyone in a movie theater and now imagining them in a living room with lots of other distractions, that's not how we think of making movies. So it's a fascinating time that even the movie makers, certainly Spielberg, J.J. Abrams, all talk about they make their movies for a joint experience inside. You've got a global view. So while we've got you, I want to check in on your view of what's going on around the world. And we'll get to the U.S. in a minute uh, where the business here is kind of anemic, but there's some green shoots coming up. But according to Reuters this weekend, China ticket sales have soared since the first of the year. They've done a billion two since January 1st. Now, they just did their Lunar New Year, but they've had three major homegrown Chinese hits. Um, so it's been back-to-back -back blockbusters. Uh, they aggressively shut down to control the COVID early on. What's your view, and you're very active in China, how is the Chinese market and is, you know, it sounds to me that that's an example of they've now reopened the theaters and the customers are back. Yeah, yeah. I think, no, you know, 100%. I think China is probably uh, the front runner in this, what we believe going to see in the rest of the globe. And every, I would say, region will probably have a different pace. What I think we can correlate across to the world is that strong content, um, the government um, also uh, echoing safety, right, that it is safe, um, and then exhibitors being able to show uh, premium experiences that combination is bringing people back right people need to make sure it is safe to go back absolutely and there's psychology around that uh, i wouldn't underestimate that the other piece is you need to have strong content you, you just mentioned chinese new year very important uh they, they launched several big titles right and 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 some of them did great um it, it's for them the high season so but the, the content also has to be there but I think what we've seen is that uh, the way that uh, China has rebounded and the moviegoer has rebounded, uh, just showing the eagerness of people to want to go back and enjoying with, with their friends and family uh, a social experience and the movie going, it's still a cheap way of entertainment, right? Uh, so, so in that sense, uh, that, that's definitely uh, you know, doing very well. And so we believe that the trend we're seeing in China, even though I know that cultures are different around the world, but the fact of strong content, wowing experiences, and creating confidence that it is a safe place will bring people back. What's interesting about China is that traditionally, the movies that do well in, in China are the big Hollywood blockbusters. What's great to see here is that these are local uh, movies that have been so successful after the first of the year. Uh, what other trends are you seeing in Korea or uh, Europe when it comes to uh, content? Yeah. Let me take two examples, which I think recent examples. What we've seen is that local content and content created, you know, as an example, we've seen it in recently in Korea, we've seen it in Japan uh, in the COVID time. When local content gets created, it can do phenomenal kind of box office for that country. So what we've seen is that on top of the blockbusters, on top of the big Hollywood movies, we need local content and that combination I think is important and that's what you see that today in China. China is of course a big market uh, and I believe also uh, creating quite some content but you see Japan, you see Korea really doing outstanding performances of local content and that goes together then 
uh, with content, you know, which is with global blockbusters. And and I think we, we need both on those. And, and I wouldn't underestimate the power of that. Yeah. So one of the results of this last year is that it's given an opportunity for local filmmakers to find a platform in a theater and an audience. So we'll see more more of that going forward. That's that, that's certainly good news to the filmmakers in those countries. No, and, and on top of that, Jim, what I see is that other people go to go to the movie. When I'm when I'm Japanese and there's a Japanese title and, and it's it's a great thing, I wanna see it even I'm typically not a moviegoer, right? Because it is in the local language and so on. So you're attracting other people going to the movies said, wow, this was a good experience. Maybe I want to see another one afterwards, even if I've not been for years. And so we need that too, to get other audiences into the movies on top of the, the traditional audience, which we of course attract on movie going. So yeah. real quickly, you're in Brussels. Um, how is the EU COVID situation and movie theater situation? Well, it, it, it's, it differs a little bit of where you are, uh, but at the moment, most of Europe uh, is in the, in the, the cinema uh, industries in the lockdown. Uh, so we, uh, we reopened uh, last year, Q3, Q4, but then we had to close back in most places. Uh, anticipation that end of Q1, Q2, reopening of cinemas. So that's where everybody talks about. Um, so, so in that sense, we are, we are definitely in a waiting mode uh, for the cinemas to reopen. Uh, but in Q2 is where the expectation is. Uh, vaccination is important, right? Like I said, uh, for people, and that started all over the world. So uh, and and so they're opening up uh, events where more people can gather together. Having said so, cinema has been a safe place till now. But I think everybody want to make sure there's more people vaccinated uh, before they opening up, and that's what we expect happen to in Q2 uh, this year. Let's talk about North America. There were some encouraging reports this weekend. Uh, hospitalizations are down 50% in the past month. According to the Atlantic Magazine, some pandemic statistics are foggy, but the current decline is crystal clear. We have begun to see the beginning of the end of the COVID uh, threat in North America. Now, it may take months, but uh, the country's getting vaccinated and people are starting to get encouraged. Um, the other uh, point that came out this weekend in both the New York Times and the Washington Post were that uh, consumers are sitting on a trillion dollars of uh, money and dying to get out. And economists are increasingly looking at, uh, as we uh, approach uh, uh, herd immunity and people are safe to get out, a uh, potential economic boom uh, in some parts of the U.S. economy as people want to travel, they want to see their friends, they want to get out. So if you look at uh, your two or three factors, it is, uh, you know, can we get COVID under control? Is the economic situation going to be there? And I think what you're just saying is, okay, now you need the product in the theaters. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think that we got one hell of a, uh, a year of, if you look at the slate, right, we got a, one hell of a year of content coming up. Uh, and so so it, 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 it's all a question of not um, if it will happen, but when it will happen, right? So, so I think that we definitely expect a significant step up and, and it, is, it will be needed for the industry, right? To, to, to be able to reopen uh, and to be able to show that content, but be able to show it on a large scale, right? If you look at cinema today, you know, it's a niche market, right? What I mean by that, there are 200,000 screens worldwide, roughly. That's roughly where, where we at, right? 190,000 screens. So that's the amount, including worldwide amount of screens. If you compare that to the homes, right? It's, it's a limited amount of screens. Uh, first is the homes, which are there. So it is, a, it is a niche business, but it is where you can enjoy at a relatively cheap price, 
uh, enjoy a an, an social experience. And so in that sense, we think that if you see the lineup of the content, if you see the, the, the theater owners are ready to go, um, and then if you see exactly what you said, Jim, so, so people at home have money, right? Uh, because people have not been spending for, for many months now. Um, and, and so that's why we, we do are very, we, we are very confident that it will come back. Now, I think we're going to have to still fight hard. We're still going to have to make sure that it's a real great experience, right? And the whole industry will have to work on that. Um, but people want to go to what I would call curated content with a social experience where the focus is on, on the wowing part, right? And that's for me different than being at home and being on the streaming platform. And by the way, streaming will continue growing. No problem, by the way. That just goes in parallel because the amount of content which gets created is increasing. And that is a positive thing. The more content gets created, the more people will look at content. Uh, Marvel uh, is thinking in terms of we make two-hour movies and we make six-hour movies. Our two-hour movies will be epic spectacles. We'll go to cinemas. And our six-hour movies will be in six parts that'll go to Disney+. Plus. This is not less quality for this or that. It's just another way to serve up your your content. The, the other thing is that uh, some of the initial uh, conclusions at the studio level are that some of the movies that were supposed to be in movie theaters that got moved to streaming did not do particularly well. And the conclusion seems to be that people want to see those in movie theaters. You know, if I'm going to go see a superhero movie that I'm a fan of, I'm used to seeing it on the biggest screen I can see it on with sound that'll blow me out of my chair. So um, all the ingredients are there if the if the, uh, the the theaters can just get open correctly. Right. No, and, and I think that, that today we have devices, you know, we have mobile devices, you know, we have iPads, we, we have our televisions, and we consume digital content on each of those devices. If you watch the movie in a theater on a big screen, right, uh, 50, 60 feet screen, uh, that's a different experience. Now, what we see today is that audiences are watching movies again and again. Now, in the past, you know, it also happened, but it, it even happens more today. So for me, that, that people are willing to watch a movie and watching it again on a big screen or watching it again on a mobile device. So it's, it's not either or, it is both. And it is just the fact that, you know, I'm afraid that people are going to stop reading books at a certain point in time. Why? They want to consume everything visual. And so people want to see things. And, and I think our future books will be visual books, I guess. Uh, people want to read books in 15 minutes rather than two hours. But but the fact that, that it has to go relatively quick, but the fact that they want to see it is a very big aspect of that. And if you see what on our phones today, we're watching our phones every day, right? Um, it is just a very different behavior we have. And I think we... We should not think in the way from, oh, will the, the business survive or not? We should think about the consumer behavior difference and what it does and how do we play on that. Uh, and the fact that people want to sit in a, with a, in a comfortable chair watching on a big screen and having great food and drinks with them with their friends, that is not going away at all, right? And so, and it's not only watching maybe a, f a feature movie, it's, it's probably other content too. I think we have to stand open that there's more content and different content will flow to, to theaters. Um, now, if it's related to sports content or it's related to opera and all this, those things, they also will come. And there's going to be audiences for that too. So I think in that sense, there is, there is definitely a space. And like I said, 200,000 screens worldwide. It's a lot for us when we think about it. Uh, and 90,000, we have been um, able to, to equip with technology. But, but at the same token, it is a niche compared to 
many other portable devices or home devices. So, so that's why it, it's going to be a sustainable um, uh, entertainment niche in this market. So let's talk about the, uh, the, the, the future. This, this series of conversations was developed in uh, partnership with Cineonic as a product of some conversations that, that we, you and your team and we've had. And here are the guests that are coming up in the, in the coming weeks. March 16th, we've got Tony Driscoll. He's Senior Vice President of Merging Media at Warner Brothers. Um, he's doing amazing uh, technological things around movies. Um, Hanno Bassi, the CTO of Microsoft, Azure uh, Cloud Computing. Uh, Jason Brennick, former president of IMAX Home, uh, is going to join us. And Gretchen McCord, head of Women in Entertainment and a former executive vice president for Arclight at AMC Theaters. So the heart and soul of these series of conversations are going to be with um, uh, people who are in and around the movie business, um, but they're all associated with innovative ideas. And I, I, the question for you is, what do you hope to learn? What do you want to get at in talking with these people? I think that, that in times like now, right, there's many things we are constrained of, but what we're not constrained of is brain power, right? And so that means that creative ideas, great innovations are there. So what I hope we can get out of it is that uh, we can inspire people to listen or, or learn from um, creative ideas or great technology which is there and see how it can spark people uh, within the industry to do things differently or to, to make the business stronger or to make it cheaper, whatever it is. But, but I think that, that in a time like this, innovation, uh, technology, uh, creativity is fundamental. And the brain power is something I always say we never lose if we decide not to lose it. And what I, I believe with a series uh, we, we, we can obtain is to inspire people about that. That's what I hope. Um, and for everybody, it will be different, but that's okay, right? Uh, and, and that's why I think having different people coming from different angles, but we want to get it out. And in the media, like, you know, like a podcast, I think is great because it's an easy medium to get people uh, listening to it. It doesn't have to take long and you get inspired with it. You can then connect or do whatever. So, so but it is bringing ideas. We want to bring this industry back on its feet, but do it that it is a strong industry and that it, it can stay for many years. And by embracing new technologies or, or great ideas, that's the best, the best way for survival for any industry, in my opinion. So let's close with our quote of the day. It's from J.J. Abrams. The director's article in the most recent issue of Empire Magazine closes with this. He says, if 2020 has proven anything, it's that the world in large part is a nightmare. If there has ever been a time when people need to be reminded of just how much we actually have in common, it is now. And that is something only movies can provide. I believe that when we are on the other side of COVID, there will be a powerful need to be together. The cinema will, perhaps more than ever before, be the place to celebrate, to congregate, and to appreciate films and each other. And I think uh, you can't say it better than that, right? No, that, that's very well said, you know. A real storyteller, so I love it, you know. So looking forward for his next movies. Thank you, and we're looking forward to our next episodes. Thank you, Wim, very much. Thanks, Jim. All right. Thank you. All right. The Insiders is presented by Cineonic and produced by the Advanced Imaging Society in Hollywood. Our executive producers are Adam Castles in New York and Mike Pilsecker in Los Angeles. Brett Harrison produced today's show and our technical director is Matthew Bach Lombardi. Our next Hollywood Insider on March 16th will be Tony Driscoll from Warner Brothers. Till then, stay inside. This is AIS.